What's going on guys and welcome to another episode of the Raptors Community Podcast. Today we've got a lot to discuss. Last time we talked, the Raptors hadn't yet even drafted, right? I think we talked July 28th, the Raptors drafted Scotty Barnes, July 29th. We've got the Trent Jr. signing, Kyle Lowry signing, Sam Decker, DeRozan of the Bulls, Kings interested in Siakam, talk about some potential trade packages, more news, the Goran Dragic stuff that's going on right now. And then at the end of the podcast, we've got a special Eastern Conference and Western Conference Power Ranking episode where we're going to talk about, um, like I said, Power Rankings for the East and West. Let's get right into it, guys. Let's go. Let's start with the NBA Draft because that's probably the biggest piece of news for the Toronto Raptors. And with the fourth overall pick, they sort of shocked the world and drafted Scotty Barnes. And after his first game of Summer League, which happened a couple days ago, I'm recording Tuesday, August 10th here at 3 Eastern, there's no surprise that the Toronto Raptors may have made the right pick. And there is a lot of talent there in terms of what Scotty Barnes can bring to the table. I've talked about this already in what we've seen early in his ability to score in the lane. Right, We saw a couple floaters. We saw a mid-range jumper, his ability to shoot at the third level at the three-point range. Right, we saw him hit a three. He was only one for four, but it, his mechanics look good, and it's a sign of good things to come. And then, obviously, his ability to attack the rim as a humongous player. He is basically 6'10 with a 7'2 wingspan, and on the defensive end, he is so versatile and is going to really help the Raptors in their ability to defend in modern NBA basketball. I've talked about this. Like I said, long wingspan, he's going to be really good out on the perimeter. He's going to be a very similar guy to Giannis on the defensive end of the floor, and I think that potential is really exciting and sort of makes sense why Masai Ujiri drafted him. Maybe he sees Giannis-like features in him because he didn't draft Giannis, obviously was trying to trade up back in the Giannis draft, didn't end up getting up there to draft him. So as a result, maybe this is a compensation pick for a player that is similar to him, you have to spend a higher pick in order to get him, whereas Giannis was taken in the late lottery. Now you're taking a guy that has that prototypical Giannis-like style at the fourth pick. I don't think he's as athletic as Giannis, but I do see some potential there. And he's already a better passer than Giannis was as a young player. So there's a lot of potential with Scotty Barnes, and I really like what I saw from him, and I do project him to be a really, really good player in the future. Obviously, still early, so it's hard to tell right now. The Raptors also added some guard depth in the draft. They drafted David Johnson, Delano Banton, a couple other guys as well, really bolstering up that young roster and adding some young players just to be in the mix, generally bigger players. Raptors are going for size. Obviously, rebounding is a big issue that they had from last year, so... Some of the arena signings have been great for that. We'll start with the Cam Birch signing. That's a huge one. Three years, $20 million contract. A player who, according to sources I've talked to, wants to obviously come back to Toronto. He said it himself. But the team also committed to him. They were willing to trade him, to sign him. Sorry, They wanted to get him and made no commitment to any other players. They didn't make any commitments to trying to pursue anyone else and saying he was a top priority at the center position which makes sense. I think if they were to try and draft up to get Evan Mobley, um, maybe that would come as a bit of a stinger to Ken Birch, but for Toronto, it would have made sense if the price is right. 
Uh, but Scotty Barnes obviously can be played next to Kem Birch, so this fit makes sense naturally, especially if Scotty Barnes, like we've seen, is willing to shoot threes, which it looks like he is, and is an amazing start where he looks less like Ben Simmons and more like Giannis, which is an exciting thing to see. Another big one, Kyle Lowry has signed with the Miami, Pe Miami Heat in a sign-and-trade. The Raptors are getting a package back of Dragic and Precious Achua. For the Raptors, this is a big win. You get a young center, undersized, six foot eight. He played the forward in Miami, but for Toronto, I think he's going to be a backup center. Right, He's 6'8", like I said, undersized, but he's athletic. He reminds me of Bam Adebayo. He's been compared to him as well, a guy who can see the floor pretty well. Can't shoot threes, but maybe that's something he can add to his game over time. He obviously didn't play a lot last year uh, in his rookie season, but he's looking like a good young player, another young prospect that you can add into the mix, a guy who can play behind Ken Birch, a solid vet, and learn from him about how to play on the defensive end of the floor because that's what Ken Birch can do really well in a modern offense. Uh, and Goran Dragic, obviously there have been reports that he doesn't want to be in Toronto. We've heard him say that he doesn't want to be in Toronto. He recently kind of walked that back and said, no, you know what, like, I have a lot of respect for the franchise, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. I understand Dragic's perspective, I do. It's kind of unprofessional, though, the way he kind of asserted himself and said, um, like, Toronto's basically not in the cards for me, but... You know what? It's fine. It is what it is. And with Dragic, I understand that. I think he's 35 years old. He's an older player, veteran point guard, who can contribute to a championship team, and he wants to play for a championship this year. And for that reason, I really do understand. I have nothing else to say about the Dragic signing, any of that information, other than to just trade for him before the season starts. We don't need animosity. I would much rather give Malachi Flynn more opportunity. And I'll talk more about the depth chart and what the Raptors could do with that pick, especially if we go to a team like Dallas, who has been reported as being interested in Goran Dragic. We'll talk more about that a little later in the Raptors depth chart analysis uh, segment of the podcast. Another big one is the Raptors re-signed Gary Trent Jr. to a three-year $54 million contract. It's actually closer to 51 with some incentives that are built in, and this is going to be a great contract for Trent Jr., one that this year might be a slight overpay, but by the end of that contract in that third year when he's, you know, 25 or 26, whatever, however old he'll be, somewhere in that range, he's going to be a really, really good player, and he's going to be worth more than $18 million, at least from what we expect of him, especially because he's already an amazing defensive player, and he's putting it together on offense in front of our eyes. We saw him have that huge game last year. I think it was 44 points, and obviously had a great season with Toronto, so I'm just excited to see what he can do with Toronto, and I'm glad that Masai Ujiri brought him back. Uh, and similarly, Masai Ujiri agrees to multi-year extension with the Toronto Raptors. That's the big free agent that the Raptors were able to acquire and continue to hold on to, which is huge for them because, you know, in years past, we've seen Kawhi Leonard leave. We've seen Marc Gasol, Serge Ibaka leave. All these guys have left for nothing, and now we're seeing the Raptors really putting it together with a Lowry sign-and-trade, re-signing a restricted free agent to a decent deal in Trent Jr., Masai Ujiri coming back. So for the Raptors, they needed a few wins this offseason, and I think all of those were big wins. And the move of drafting Scotty Barnes is risky, but it looks like it could end up paying out. I do like what Jalen Suggs brings already, but I think Scotty Barnes has a higher ceiling, so I understand the Raptors pursuing him and trying to really go for the home run, which is what you're supposed to do when you're not a free agent destination. And that's not what Toronto is, right? They're not a free agent destination. So 
couple others. Raptors sign Sam Decker. Sam Decker. Not much there. I don't think he's really going to play. People are overhyping him. He's not that good. There's a reason he's not in the league. And I'm not going to, you know, overhype these types of signings. As a guy, you know, with a potential stretch five opportunity. Obviously, he's big. Could potentially shoot. But I think people are overhyping that this is going to be a significant signing for Toronto. I doubt we really see him play. We'll see what happens, though. The Raptors wave Paul Watson, Aaron Baines, and DeAndre Bembry. First of all, prayers up to Aaron Baines. He had nerve damage. I think it said he fell in the shower after um, the Australia game in the bronze medal match. So prayers up to him. Hopefully he recovers. It says he could have significant nerve, nerve damage that will keep him out for over a year, which is pretty scary. So prayers up to Aaron Baines. We love you. We support you. Uh, wishing you the best. And, yeah, like I said, Paul Watson and Bembry both waived by Toronto. Bembry signing with the Brooklyn Nets. That will be a good fit. He'll have a chance to compete for a title. He's a good rule guy. Can play both ends of the floor. Obviously brings a lot to the table. Um, that's basically it for Toronto Raptors talk uh, before our first break. But there's a couple other things. Um, Kawhi Leonard re-signing with the LA Clippers. I don't think that's a surprise. I don't really think he's going to play that much this year, which might affect their power rankings in our later piece of the podcast but I am interested to see um, how that team performs without him whether or not he comes back in time for next season late next season to potentially make a nice deep playoff run uh, the Western Conference is going to be interesting next year that's all I'm going to say and then DeMar DeRozan to the Bulls that was an interesting move because now you've got Lonzo you've obviously got DeRozan you've got Vucevic you've got Zach Levine and then on the bench you've got Alex Caruso as well as a nice role guy, this team is interesting. And if they keep Lowry Markin, which I still think he's an, a restricted free agent, I don't think they've done any sign and trade with him. I, I don't really know what's happening there. I haven't really been keeping track, but it can be a very interesting, interesting team. You know, probably a six seed or lower, but still interesting. And DeRozan adds a little bit of veteranship. A guy who I don't think will be able to play very well around Zach Levine potentially is a guy who's going to replace what Zach Levine produces offensively and maybe they swing for the fences by trading Zach Levine for Ben Simmons or maybe packaging him for a bigger fish you know maybe a Damian Lillard I could see that being being the move for the Bulls who clearly want to win now are willing to trade future assets to win now but yeah that's sort of a, a quick intro into some of the news that's been going on in the NBA um, some of that other stuff as well we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about the Kings' interest in Siakam, talk about the Raptors' depth chart analysis, and much more. All right, we're back, and we're going to be talking about the Kings' interest in Pascal Siakam, some potential trade packages and implications for the Toronto Raptors. And the first and most important thing to mention is that trading Pascal Siakam has never seemed more realistic for Toronto since he became an MIP player, right? Since 2019. He's obviously developed into a really, really good player in the league. Right now, he's at an all-time low in value over the last couple of years, considering how good he was in early 2020. Uh, sorry, in the early 1920 season, he was obviously amazing. He was the number one option on a team that was one of the top seeds in the Eastern Conference. But since then, his value has taken a dip. A lot of that's because of the media perception around the league of what he is. Right, as a Raptors fan, you watch him day in and day out. You do see those um, missed opportunities in the clutch. Right, you see him miss the layup. You see him miss the three. It rattles in and out. You see him miss the mid-range jumper, spin move, fall away. 
Uh, I think that was against Portland, I believe. I'm not sure about that one. But you see him miss multiple game winners, and then the perception becomes that he's a bad player. But if you were a true Raptors fan, you watched him late in the season, you would see that he was actually playing really, really well. Whether or not that's garbage time type scoring is up to you to determine. But for me, I feel like he's still got value around the league. And so the type of trade that I could see actually being realistic is Siakam for Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley. Potentially a protective pick as well. And I think this is an interesting trade for Toronto because then you add Buddy Heald into the mix as a guard slash forward who can stretch the floor, a younger player on a bit of a better contract than Pascal Siakam is on, more close to $22 million. And then Bagley, a guy who's a bit more of a project, obviously was a top pick, the second overall pick, in the loaded draft class with Luca and Trey Young and DeAndre Ayton, but a guy who could still pan out. We saw what happened with Ayton this year. He took a leap as an offensive player uh, and defensive player as well, became a lob threat, and part of that credit goes to Chris Paul. So for Toronto, maybe bringing Bagley to a new place, a guy with low value, could end up paying dividends to them down the road as a young guy with some potential. I'm not super high on Bagley anymore. I used to be. I have lost a lot of hope in him, but we can see what happens. And then for Sacramento, this makes a lot of sense because then you've got your official backcourt of Fox and Halliburton. You've got Harrison Barnes still, Rashawn Holmes at the center, and then you add and plug and play Pascal Siakam at the four. Makes a really interesting team for Sacramento, a team that could potentially be looking to upgrade their roster right now and try and win around De'Aaron Fox. And I think this trade makes a lot of sense for both teams and is an interesting trade. Um, And for Toronto, obviously, I think the Pascal Siakam trade rumors are true when you consider the fact that Pascal Siakam is a very similar player to uh, Scotty Barnes, right? Scotty Barnes is basically a young version of Siakam, a guy who potentially has a higher ceiling to become Giannis Light and has that type of potential as a passer already and as he's such a young player versus Siakam being, I believe, 27 right now, more in his prime, and we kind of know what he is already. I don't think he's going to get much better than what he was at his peak in 2020. So for me, I think that trading away Siakam, getting a couple other young players makes a lot of sense. I don't know if Bagley and Heald are going to be enough to move the needle for Toronto, and I don't think they're going to end up making a move like that, considering that um, maybe neither of these guys are even going to come close to as good as what Siakam is right now. Maybe you could say that about Bagley, but if you were to throw in a future pick and maybe some other young assets, that then becomes very interesting for Toronto. Um, Now we're going to talk a little bit about the Raptors' depth chart, and we're going to analyze the players that they have on the roster and talk a little bit about the team on this episode we're not going to talk about the eastern and western conference power rankings that's going to be the next episode and we're going to have a guest on to talk about it but for this episode um, we're going to finish with the depth chart so let's get right into the Toronto Raptors depth chart starting with the guard position and we're essentially just going to rattle off the different guards that the Raptors have right now and talk about what the roster is going to look like on a day-to-day level. So let's get right into it. First of all, at the point guard or guard position, you've got Fred Van Vliet, Malachi Flynn, Gary Trent Jr., and Goran Dragic. These are all players um, who I think are going to be on the roster. Those are sort of the four main guards with the potential to trade Dragic to maybe a team like 
the Dallas Mavericks and get another young guy. Maybe you get like Brunson back. Maybe you get some young player back in return. But I think Dragic makes a lot of sense to be traded at some point during the year for Toronto. So that alone is an interesting backcourt. You get a lot of time for Malachi Flynn, who looks good in summer league. Trent Jr., we saw what he was last year, looking good, probably going to be better. He's young. Fred Van Vliet getting more of the reign now that Kyle Lowry is out of the mix. I think that's going to be very interesting for Toronto. And then maybe you flip Dragic for another young player. And then you've got a couple other young guys like David Johnson in the background who are working right now in Summer League to prove them to prove that they can be a part of the roster. Um, now moving on to the forward position, you've got OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, Chris Boucher, Watanabe, Stanley Johnson. But this is an interesting rotation of players assuming Siakam doesn't get traded. We've got Barnes likely coming off the bench once Siakam's back and healthy. You've got OG Ananobi, who's obviously a two-way wing, could develop into a lot a much better player. Uh, like I said, you got Siakam, you got Scotty Barnes, and then Boucher's another guy who can stretch the floor around Birch or Precious Achua, who are the two centers that we're talking about. Um, both guys look good. Birch, obviously, we know what we're going to get from him day, day in and day out as a solid veteran and for the Precious Achua experiment, he's super young. Obviously, he was drafted last year, played one season in the NBA so far, and is a player that could potentially become very, very versatile, similar to Bam Adebayo. At 6'8", he is undersized, but he's a big body, and he is very poised at the center position. Can't really shoot, but has a bit of a floater game. Has definitely an inside-out lob threat on the pick-and-roll as well. So I think he's going to be a very interesting player for Toronto, to throw in the mix as well at the center position. So this team is going to be very interesting. In terms of power rankings, though, and in the next episode, we're going to talk, like I said, about some power rankings for some of these teams. The Raptors are going to probably be in one of the lower tiers, right? You've got the top tier, which is going to be probably Bucks, Sixers. I don't even know if you put the Sixers in there because of the Ben Simmons debacle. Who knows what happens there? But you've got the Bucks and the Nets for sure up there. Then you've probably got, like, Sixers, Miami, as that second tier, and then there's a third tier in the middle there. The Raptors are probably in that fourth or fifth tier in the Eastern Conference where they'll be playing in the play-in tournament most likely. So I'm super excited for that episode. We're going to have a guest on, so it should be fun. But thank you guys for listening once again to the podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe so that when new content comes out, you're ready to listen. Uh, any recommendations or anything, let me know. DM me on Instagram, at Raptors Community. Subscribe to our YouTube Raptors community. We're almost at a thousand subs. We can monetize it soon once we hit a thousand. And as we continue to monetize, we'll be able to provide more content, hire some more people, and do more jersey giveaways as the people love. So thanks for listening. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace out.